0: Nervous Habits, August 1st.
1: Life is a cycle of being framed for various acts you haven't performed.
0: The speaker waxes philosophical.
1: You're framed and blamed for your own birth, even. And there's no turning back from there. Your bad grades in school. That's not your fault, but still you're blamed for it. You actually have good grades, but there's a cover-up underway that nobody but God truly understands, since it is His will. But that's not the worst part of it. Your first and second marriages break up for something that is in no way connected to you. But you take all the blame. The act of being framed is not a malicious thing. In fact, each time you're framed, a whole new set of opportunities opens up for you out of the ones that have been taken away. And this is the beauty of the system.
0: Still slithery, JC can only talk like this as if he knew of no other way. I look at him and see how he lives. There he is sitting in his little hut on the beach. It is years since he has retired from the world of boxing, but those blows to the head instead of dulling his senses, seemed to have knocked away the clouds that normally inhabit our thinking and have unleashed a fresh mind unlike any other. Or was his wisdom that of the idiot savant, and his way with words just a subconscious reaction? It made no difference. The thing that was certain about him was that he had money and he'd like to spend it. None of this money had come from boxing. He had been poor and suffering from ill health until a rich uncle died and left him with all that he had
1: Like me because we were the only gay men in my family. I spent my youth boxing while well, he spent it getting rich enough to attract handsome lovers since he was so ugly himself. And now I am profiting from his inertia and stamina and from that, that of his young lover, too. I might add
0: profit he did only in the vaguest sense he took the money and invested it in a dozen failed operations the money which had once appeared as a number in a financial statement now had been swallowed without a trace by the capitalist system that which had only ever existed as a concept had now gone back to the dream world of never. And this is why he hired me, the town's most expensive P.I., to follow him and keep report on his activities. That if he were going to get out of line in his spending, that I should report him to the police and have him arrested. He rarely met me in person, and I often got his written orders mailed to me, each one of them bearing an out-of-state postmark. This circuitous route, he explained to me once, will make itself apparent to you as you continue investigating me. I decide to have the postmark traced. I find the post office that issues that particular postmark and ask the postmaster if that particular letter, always in the same type of envelope, always the same small denomination stamps cluttering the left corner, has anything familiar about it. I wait for him to reply, but he has nothing to say. I ask him to notify me if he sees another letter coming for me in the future, and I wait. Another letter does come, and this time he tells me that he needs me to stop him from spending any further money, and for this he will pay me a large sum to find a way to have him framed, preferably in a way that will get him the death penalty. I phone my postmaster and ask him if he saw the person who mailed the letter to me. He tells me no, but will try to pay extra attention since the letter I had received had indeed slipped his notice. In the days that follow, I prepare the framing expedition. The procedure is simple steal a body from the morgue, prepare murder weapons, and deposit them in a place near JC's house. Also, be sure to drip some of the blood on the stairs leading to his house and to have some DNA rubbed onto his skin. Choosing a female victim was, Perhaps, what led to my downfall, since obviously JC wasn't interested in women that much to begin with. On the day that I was preparing the frame-up, a knock came on my door. I didn't answer it, but soon Boots came crashing and knocked the door down. I was discovered with the evidence which surprised the police, since they had come to arrest me for the murder of a bisexual man in the other town. His body had been found in his house, and in his pocket they had found a letter soaked in his blood addressed to me. It was in the same type of envelope with the same small denomination stamps that I had received orders from JC in. It was the postmaster. I was detained in the local jail. No bail. I sat in that jail thinking about what had happened with my only phone call, I tried to call J.C., but he didn't answer. Later, in police questioning, I discovered many interesting things. That the murdered man and the dead woman had been lovers. That they were in no way connected to J.C and that the hospital that the corpse had been taken from was owned by J.C. He was in fact a very successful businessman, who had never really been a boxer, but had a wife and a loving family. My past was a great deal shadier, and when I thought about it, I realized more and more that the wording of the letters that J.C. had sent to me could also be read as pleas to stop him from framing me. I thought about what J.C. had told me about the ecstasy of being framed in life, and all I could do was to laugh, laugh, laugh on my way to the electric chair.